New report just in. San Francisco is in an unprecedented hiring crisis. Must improve. You don't have enough people to run the buses. You don't have enough people in the hospitals. You certainly don't have enough cops. The list goes on and on and on. You need to hire a bunch of people in San Fran. But then you also got a three quarters of a billion, billion, three quarters of a billion dollar deficit, soon to go to like $1.3 billion deficit. You need to hire you, but wish we could pay you. Wish we could pay you. What do we got going on? Let's get into it. Here we go. Fewer buses along municipal routes, a longer wait for a 911 response. 911, please send somebody. An overcrowded hospital. Oh, yeah. A lot of folks in here. A lot of folks that are ill. Not good. San Francisco has thousands of city jobs unfulfilled and finds itself in an unprecedented hiring crisis. According to a report published Wednesday by the civil grand jury that paints a grim picture of public service in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. The city has twice as many vacancies, about 4,800 in total, than it did entering the pandemic. It struggled to recruit and retain employees, the grand jury found, and its hiring process is opaque and protracted. It's not, this is, it's, it's not clear. It's opaque. Uh, getting this job tricky. They're not, they're, they're not being transparent. They're opaque. Love that. Opaque and protracted, meaning long. Another one of the, uh, is that an adjective? Protracted? I think so. Another one was elongated. The process for San Francisco's commercial real estate recovery will be elongated because the issues are elongated, meaning it's going to take a long time for things to come back around and protracted and protracted in this case just means it takes forever to find somebody to fit the job and then to hire them. Just takes forever. So yeah, that's what this, that's what this report is saying. The jury made a wide-ranging set of recommendations to modernize the city's hiring process, such as bolstering staffing levels at the Department of Human Resources and even potentially competing with the private sector on work-from-home policies. What? So much stuff can be done on a computer now, right? People work from home. You're either doing your job or you're not. It's no different than when they're at the office. Yeah, they might try to hide it a little bit better when they're at the office, but who, who are we fooling? Most people work a few hours a day. Other people are going to say, oh, Sean, I, I work a solid 10 every single day. You're the exception. You, know, you should get a t-shirt. Hard worker. And because uh, I think the vast majority of folks at computer desk jobs, you know, unless there's some massive productivity that you're being measured by, a lot of folks cut corners. I know folks do. I, I talk to them all the time. Yeah, I do that. But there's also people that worked hard too, right? Not, not everybody's just lazy. I say, I say we hire the homeless drug addicts, put them to work. Let's get them working. Let's like, let's get them working. Oh, they're already on the buses, aren't they? Smoking their fentanyl, aren't they? They're already in the hospitals because they're, they're, they're doing their OD thing. Oh, a 911 response? Oh, no, they're responsible for the 911 responses. So, yeah, you got, you've already got the homeless drug addicts 
wildly interjected into this. But unfortunately, they are creating the demand for these jobs. We need more of these jobs versus fulfilling positions, right? So the panel urged the city to set a goal of 60 days between job posting and job offer and start recruiting for expected vacancies rather than waiting for jobs to be open. The jury believes that by following our recommendations, the city will be able to improve critical city service delivery, shorten the hiring process, and bring city recruiting and retention into the 21st century. All right. Well, that's where you need to be because that's where we are, right? But hey, let's not single out just San Francisco, but we're still going to dump on San Fran because that's, you know, it's it's such an easy target. There's a ton of of, of cities across the United States that are experiencing the same thing, probably just not as bad as San Francisco. So because since the pandemic, street conditions have gotten worse, you got more homelessness, you got more, I believe you've got more of the drug tourism going on in San Fran than you do just about anywhere other than maybe Portland. I think Portland is an absolute poster child for drug tourism. And by that, I mean, people getting hassled in their own hometowns. They're already whacked out on drugs and they get a hair up their rear end or somebody gives them a buck bus ticket or they just decide, you know what? I'm going to go to San Francisco. I've heard good things. Cheap drugs, plentiful, criminal activity. I mean, it's almost encouraged. So why, if you're addicted to drugs, wouldn't you go there? Unfortunately, they don't they don't do much in the way of work towards, you know, contributing towards the economy. They're kind of just a perpetual suck. I mean, how many 911 calls right now in cities like San Fran and Portland and Seattle are going towards people doing drugs? And yet our city leadership is saying, yeah, we're not going to do anything to criminalize, you know, drug possession or drug dealing. We're not going to make that a felony. Keep it as a misdemeanor, even though that doesn't really work out with what the state law currently has. The state law here in Washington that basically decriminalized, decriminalized drugs, somebody found some drugs in their pocket and they're like, or they were busted with drugs in their pocket. And they said that they, they, they just, you know, borrowed somebody else's pants and it was those person's drugs. It's like, what? How ridiculous, how ridiculous is that? It's just stupid. I mean, the the levels of you know being preposterous here in Washington State are are exceptional. They are. It's a high bar to follow. The city has yet to recover from the seven month hiring freeze it implemented early in the pandemic, and its recent hiring initiatives have failed to stem the exodus. The Department of Human Resources, which should be taking the lead in getting the city back on its track, is dealing with a 20% vacancy rate, hampering recruitment, recruitment and retention efforts. Here's another big thing. I don't think people want to work. I certainly don't think the younger generation wants to work. They just don't. Some are willing if they're go-getters, but you know, if they're self-starters, they're, they're going to get it done and they're going to be so far ahead of everybody else in their generation that are just sitting back going, I just want to play my Xbox and you know, I, I, I want to create an app that's just going to go public and, you know, going to make billions or I want to be TikTok famous. I, I just want to, I, I just want to, yeah, I just want to talk into a microphone for a while and record videos and get paid to do that. Well, all right. 
case that plan doesn't work, just like your plan for becoming a professional athlete, if you're five foot two and 260 and, you know, tad bit overweight, yeah, not going to happen, right? Because not everybody can be that professional athlete. Not everybody can be, you know, the hip hop star. That's another great aspiration. I want to be, I'm going to, I'm going to do some rap tracks. I'm going to drop some rap tracks on whatever it is, Spotify, and it's going to go, you know, back in the day, you did, that wasn't an option. Professional sports and rapping was not an optional. It just, it didn't happen, right? I mean, professional musician. All right. Yeah, maybe. Man, the, the numbers on the music industry are just horrible. It's just the big companies raking in all the bucks. It's the Spotify's of the world make raking in all the bucks because the amount that they pay out on podcasts, not a lot on 20 million downloads of a song. Not a lot, not a lot. So dynamics have changed, right? City of San Francisco, it's, it, it's got a long ways to go just like a lot of other cities do. And a lot of that, I believe has to do with people are like, yeah, I don't really want to work. Don't want to do it especially being a cop. Nobody wants to be a cop because we've just crapped on that profession. So, you know, your delay of 911 calls, well, it might have a little something to do with defunding the police and then nobody wants to do it. I was talking to a man in blue, a former man in blue down in, uh, in, in Portland. And he was saying that I think the average tenure on the Portland Police Department is like six years it's average. So you only got people with six years experience. You need a bunch of people with more experience than that because you roll into these scenarios and, you know, life is all about kind of repetition. And the more experiences that you go through, the better you're able to handle all kinds of stuff. So you need those veterans, but the workforce, it just, folks don't want to work. So, and being a cop, I mean, that, that's just, that's a no brainer. No, nobody wants to do that. Are you going to take that job on and be a cop? No, because the sentiment, public sentiment is so bad, so bad. And it, it would be even worse right now if we hadn't had a big spike in crime and people are like, I need a police officer. Every city is now scrambling to get more cops in their system. San Francisco as well, because they defunded their police department and you've got criminal activity going on. And we've given the green light to, to criminal activity, kind of just carte blanche. Ah, uh, you guys, here you go. Here's Tenderloin. Have at it. Here's Skid Row. Have at it. Here's Stockton, California. Have at it. Crazy stuff, right? Here's Oakland. Do I need to keep going? I don't. It all amounts to a simple math problem. People are leaving the city faster than they can hire people to replace them. Hmm. That's not good. Huh. Weird. You know, I've been covering the businesses that have left or the shops or the stores or the retail that has left, you know, areas adjacent to the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Just a plethora of companies have just, nope, we're gone. Kind of the same thing with working in San Fran. People don't want to do it. High cost of living, hard to get around. This kind of sounds like Seattle. That's why we call Seattle San Fran light, right? I mean, it makes total sense. We've got a lot of the same stuff going on here in Seattle as, as, as folks are experiencing in San Fran. So the kind of jobs we're talking about are traditionally not super high paying jobs, but even if they're, they're decent paying jobs, the cost of living in San Francisco, the cost of living in Seattle, we've got the highest gas prices. Washington state has the highest gas prices in the United States right now. Because we've got this stupid carbon tax. 
what are we even doing? If something I saw yesterday was uh, President Biden flying into San Francisco to talk about climate change on his massive Air Force One jet. Well, he needs the safety and security. It's like, okay, yeah, but you see the optics there. The average Joe, that's that's a misnomer, right? The average whatever is kind of like, yeah, but you're saying one thing and then you're coming in a massive, massive dump of carbon into the environment. How's that work? Meanwhile, we're getting taxed for carbon, whatever, here in the state of Washington with our gasoline. Well, we got to pay for all these social programs somehow, right? That's what we're doing. It all amounts to a simple math problem. People are leaving more than they're coming in. The analysis will come as no surprise to government leaders who have increasingly chronicled their struggles to hire for positions like transit operators and police officers. King County Assessor's Department can't hire enough people. They can't seem to get a hold of enough people. And so uh, people that are working there, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll just work harder. Because every property has to be analyzed, you know, each year from a valuation standpoint, physical inspection only happens one out of every five years, something like that, where they're going out in the field and, and looking, but positions like that, King County assessor, number one or number two, and they just, they're having a tough time, you know, finding people that are willing to do the work for the pay scale and willing to take those jobs on, not unlike transit operators how would you like to be a trans how would you like to be a bus driver in san fran uh-oh no thanks pass doing a, a study here at the university of washington i used to think of the university of washington as being a good education i, I, I don't think so is there any college education that's good i mean i just i'm seeing more and more stuff that i'm like no that doesn't make any sense you're teaching them what that has no basis in reality just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Kids, just go learn everything you need to on YouTube. It's kind of what we do, right? But the whole, they're doing a study over at the University of Washington on the long-term effects of secondhand fentanyl smoke on buses. Yeah. Like we need to know that. All right. So let's do a long-term study on what happens when you put your hand into a flaming fire. Let's see what happens. Let's let's figure out what that looks like. Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Oh, your hand's all mangled. It got burned. Well, let's note that up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we had a health official here in Washington State when a bus driver, there was a couple of bus drivers that said, nope, I'm feeling ill because so much secondhand fentanyl smoke. And the reason is, is the addicts like to get on the buses and, you know, they can kind of hunker down and there's no airflow. So they just, you know, smoke it up there and they don't lose all their smoke. The smoke doesn't just, whoosh, you know, go like the wind when, when they're outside and they're not in the contained environment of a, of a bus. But then what you've got going on is you've got the bus driver sucking it down along with the other people on the bus. So somebody, you know, scheduled a study and now they're going to go after that. We literally had a health official here in Washington state say, you know what? Smoking on the bus is two thumbs up because then you've got other people around for when these people overdose, we can help them out. It's like, no, you want mom and kids getting on a bus where you got a whacked out dope addict smoking the fentanyl? I don't. That's not where I'd want my family to go. And just don't want anybody around that. How about making it illegal to smoke on the bus? How about that? How about enforcing that? 
Again, don't have enough resources. Next sentence here. Transit operators and police officers, you don't have enough cops because you crapped on the profession and it's hard to get people in and also the training process on cops. How about uh, another big one is ambulances. The company that in Washington State, is it Seattle or Washington? I can't remember. The company is invariably violating their contract because they don't have enough people to send out on all the calls. They just don't. They don't have enough EMTs, you know, combination of EMTs and whomever else it is, the driver and however that goes. I know you got to have one of one and one of the other. My EMT, I need to brush up on that. I need to do some study on that. Clearly, I'm just talking out of my, I, I read like one article, but I was like, man, that's not good. So invariably, these ambulances are, you know, they're talking about slow 911 response time. Where's my ambulance? My leg is, you know, half off my body. I'm bleeding out. Where's the ambulance? You want it to come quick, right? Because that's what you pay tax dollars for. And when it doesn't happen, you tend to get a little upset, especially if you die. That's not good. No coming back. How about those poor people down in that submarine? Oof. I'm recording this for you on a Thursday, and they just decided that um, those people have probably run out of air. They're probably super cold, real hungry, and they're in a contained space about the size of a minivan, 12,500 feet down, 200 or two, two and a half miles down, 2.4 miles, I think it was. Horrible, horrible. I, I, I just wouldn't want to, I, I don't have a desire to go see the Titanic anyway, underwater. Just don't really care. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe you're a history buff and you're like, it's the greatest thing ever. Let's get, let's pay. It was, it was some astronomical fee to get on that sub. The shortage places San Francisco in an awkward position. It is desperate to fill important positions, but it faces a massive multi-year budget deficit requiring significant fiscal belt tightening in the coming years. That's going to be interesting. Uh, hey, yeah, all those social programs. Gone, gone, done. Nope. Cut, 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 cut. Ah, but we need our programs. Don't have enough money. Don't have enough money. Some of that's going to come from real estate market, commercial real estate market, downtown commercial real estate market in San Fran. It is down. Your excise taxes are way down, way down. Be interesting to see how this all plays out. Cause, um, I, that hard, that whole part of the equation, writing's on the wall there. It's not going to be good. We think there is probably a path to implementing these recommendations in a cost effective way. And it may lead to some incidental savings as well. Jury four person Karen Kennard told the examiner. All right. So there's the, there's the sunshine up your skirt. Yeah, I could cost cutting. You know, we hire some people. We could cut, cut some costs. In the meantime, you just need to go out and hire a whole bunch of people. But, you know, during the pandemic, it was like everybody was getting a handout and nobody wanted to work. And then getting people to go back into the office, another massive uphill battle. It's what you get when you shut the economy down. When you monkey with an existing system that's based on capitalism, yeah, how are things going to go? Now we're going to dole out all this PPP money to you guys and it's all going to be okay because it's what we're doing. Should have never shut down the economy. That was one thing that I was early on and just like, what you doing? What? I'm 50. How many years old? And we've never done this before. But Sean, you know, a million people lost their lives. How many people lost their lives on an overdose last year? 
hundred and something, 10,000, 107,000, probably be more this year. Where's the, where's the shutdown, the economy for that? We've always got stuff going on where people are dying, right? But Sean, it could have been way worse. Yeah, but it wasn't. And early on, a lot of us said, Hey, clear out the folks that have some kind of deal where their exposures, you know, could lead them to dying. Get them squared away. Everybody else, it's go time. Keep going. That's what you should do. I mean, that, that, I'm a firm believer in that because you're looking at all of these things that are the end result of shutting the economy down. You halted a system that was the momentum of the system. This is one of those examples. It's a massive example. Yeah, I can't get an ambulance today because there weren't enough drivers. And you've got this ongoing, just massive shortage. And I, you know, I've, I've read so many different accounts of why this has happened and none of it ever really rings true to me. It's like, there's a bunch of factors that went into that, this, this labor shortage. I don't know. To be honest with you, it just doesn't add up. It's like, what are all these people doing that used to be working? What happened to all those people in the workforce? Are they, where are they? How are they living? Are we paying for them through taxpayer money, through various programs? Yeah, but you can't be paying for everybody. So where, where are all these employees? Where did all of these employees go? I want to know if you could like do up an interactive map for me. I'd be curious. I'd, I'd like to see that. Well, that guy went over here. All right. We have an interactive poo map on our discord channel for San Francisco. If you are questioning if an area that you're going to has a lot of assorted poo reports done to it on our discord channel, which is reasonable. Plus I have uploaded the interactive poo map that shows you exactly each incident. And a lot of them have photos of said incident on the sidewalk or the street. There's a lot of them around skid row. Uh, not skid row. I mean, there's a lot of them around uh, the tenderloin. All right. That's it for me on this one. Thanks so much for being here. I will catch you on the next one. Don't forget to subscribe, hit that notification bell, all that good stuff. I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.